profit is not cash. I'm conscious saying, I'm going to launch a Facebook ad today. Everyone can only handle racing. I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions. What do you actually want out of your business? You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galilla Springer. For your industry, by your industry. The last two years have shown us that the salon is a beloved part of normal life. Many people feel that they've already buckled down and have been missing out on the things they love. And so now, clients want to indulge. Simultaneously, and for various reasons other than just the ripple effects from the pandemic, the hair and beauty industry is in the midst of a recruitment and staffing crisis. If you feel stuck between a rock and a hard place, you're not alone. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that this is a challenging time. According to a 2022 State of Workforce Mental Health report published by Lira Health in the Corporate Wellness Magazine, employees' mental health across industries is at an all-time low, with, and I quote, 84% of workers surveyed experiencing at least one mental health challenge over the past year, from issues such as stress and burnout to diagnosable conditions including depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and PTSD. The survey targeted 1,000 full-time employees and 250 employee benefits leaders across the United States. And although I don't have similar stats to share for other countries in which Forrest operates, I think it's safe to say that the data would likely be quite similar. The last couple of years have left several of our well-being spheres in distress. This, of course, has a massive impact on businesses worldwide. Mental health issues have a greater impact on people's ability to work than any other group of disorders. The report highlighted six share-worthy insights. One, the employee mental health crisis is worsening, regardless of industry or seniority level. Two, most employers are prioritizing workforce mental health. Three, employees can break down barriers to care. Four, employers overestimate their benefits' ability to effectively address workers' mental health challenges. Five, For employees, comprehensive mental health benefits are fast becoming a requirement, not a perk. And six, workforce mental health demands an open, supportive culture. You can read more about each of these points in the report, which will be linked in the show notes. While most employees who experience mental health challenges can continue to work successfully, it is crucial for salon and spa owners to question the status quo, think of ways to support, and lead by example. The key to wellness is finding what works for us in our personal and professional lives and approaching that process honestly and intentionally. And when it comes to making well-being a priority in the salon or spa, it all starts with you. But there's help. Life and wellness coaches can push you to find success and satisfaction in your job or lifestyle by working on exploring and clarifying your needs and wants, identifying your key strengths and weaknesses, and creating a plan of action. A very busy environment. It's a very high energy business. And if you're not able to regulate yourself emotionally, energetically, and you don't have the tools, it can be a very challenging space to be in. When you're in a, a place that you're leading other people, then your own personal, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well being is absolutely going to dictate the quality of what that leadership is going to be. If you are having a day where your energy isn't 10 out of 10, that's okay. This too shall pass. 
we're meant to go through ebbs and flows. We're not meant to be the same all of the time. So where I come in is I support the salon owner on creating a program that's tailored to their salon business and supports them in moving forward in whatever way that looks to them. Sonia Manier is a life and business well-being coach with 25 years of experience in the salon business, supporting industry professionals with mindset coaching, heart-centered leadership, empowerment, mindfulness, yoga and meditation. She inspires clients to take action where needed to find harmony in their busy day-to-day salon lives. Her online and in-person coaching programs, team building sessions and retreats are designed to help hair and beauty pros shape the life and business of their dreams. Sonia, welcome to Forest FM. Thanks for joining me this morning. It's a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thanks so much for having me on here, Zoe. Really excited for this. Well, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like we haven't had a conversation about well-being on the podcast in far too long. So I really appreciate your enthusiasm and willingness to share your insights and story. Um, I guess before we get into the thick of it, I'd love to hear about what brought you to where you are today in your career, because I stumbled across a testimonial from one of your clients on social media saying how much they related to your story. And that made me really curious. Yeah, so... My story begins right back in 97, many, many years ago. I went into the hairdressing industry at the ripe young age of 15, came out of school early, yeah, and started doing Saturday work in the UK. I was living in the UK at the time. Mm -hmm. And we moved back from the UK to Ireland, back to Cork in Ireland in 97. 90, late 97. Right. So I actually started my career with Tony and Guy, started my apprenticeship with Tony and Guy. They had just opened their Cork branch in Paul Street in Cork. So I was very lucky I got a great start to the hairdressing career in such an amazing company. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they're world renowned and the standard of training and the insight that I got into the quality of a hairdressing business was you know, a great foundation for for my career going forward. So I stayed with Tony and Guy for a couple of years. I qualified at 19. So I was quite young, you know, becoming a fully qualified stylist and very quickly fell into um, the role building my clientele. I loved the buzz of it. I just loved the excitement. We did a lot of traveling. We did a lot of socializing. (laughs) And yeah, such amazing memories working in those couple of years I spent with Tony and guys. We did a lot of um, competitions. We would have done courses in Dublin and London. And I really got the taste of the excitement and all of the passion that Mm -hmm. that comes in the hair industry. So I fell in love with it. And I decided to open my own salon in 2003. So at a couple of years behind me, I built up my clientele. Um, I actually was a very young mom. So I had my daughter when I was 18. So, Mm. you know, being a very young mom while building my career, it was all quite chaotic and decided, as a lot of stylists do, the next natural step for me in my career was to open my salon. Right. So I dived in head first, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what was ahead. Oh God. And yeah, it's been it's been an exciting and interesting journey. You know, so young, really, 22. When I look back now, my daughter, who's actually in the in the beauty industry, she's 23 now. And I look at her at this young age and think, wow. So, you know. I went into the salon, I had up to 14 staff, 
at one point um, managing motherhood with business. It was all quite chaotic. Yeah. Um, but luckily, Zoe, I had, you know, built an amazing business quite quickly and really did enjoy everything that went with it, particularly the leadership side of it. And I loved mm-hmm. the business development side of it. And over the years, I was 20 years in the salon business, but I found over the years, my passion for mentoring and watching other people grow and succeed within my business sort of overshadowed my love for doing hair. Mm. So I decided to go and train in business development and leadership coaching um, a couple of years, I think it was about five years ago at this point. And with that, I took a huge interest in, you know, helping other people, whether they were at the start of their their business journey or whether they were maybe looking down the line to open their own businesses and how to start planting the seeds to go that direction. And very quickly realized that this was my passion going forward. So coming out of the hair business, you know, 20 years was a long, long time to be so immersed. And and I'm sure lots of salon owners could relate to this, that when you're in a busy salon business, a lot of a lot of us that own businesses are kind of at the core of, you know, bringing in the money. So I was a very, very busy stylist and would have been the biggest, I guess, um, in, income into the salon. Right. Which for me going forward wasn't feeling like it was aligned with what I wanted to do. Um, so I had made the decision then to rent out my premises. I was very lucky. I took some good business advice many years ago and, and I purchased the premises that my salon was in. So I made the decision to rent out the premises and focus fully on what I do now, which is supporting salon owners. Now, I support a lot of business owners, but predominantly salon business, because obviously that's my history. That's my, I guess, my niche. Um, Mm -hmm. And to add to the, the business development side of things, I went and trained in yoga and meditation and mindfulness, because I really believe that this was a huge part of my development and supported me massively through the latter years of having my salon business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So now I guess you describe yourself as a life and well-being business coach. Um, What exactly do people come to you for, I guess, in terms of services? Yeah, so I work on a one-on-one basis. So both you know, Zoom, I go into salons, meet them in person. I do like to start with the salon owner because obviously leadership, it comes from the from the top. And so I'm such a believer that it's the salon owner, really, first and foremost. And I'll often then once we've done a couple of sessions together and get to know each other, I get to know what their vision is, what's working, what's not working, both in their own personal life, you know, with their well-being, because that's mm-hmm. such a huge part of their business. When your own well-being is being compromised, which I see a lot and experienced myself, business can take over. And sometimes we forget to mind ourselves along the way. Um, and so I start at the root of it all, which is the salon owner. And then I often would come in then to the team and do a lot of like team building and motivation and then developing the business, creating company culture and all of that. So 
Yeah, there's lots of different sides. And we often, you know, mindset obviously being first and foremost, but then from there, I'd have salons who would ask me to come in and do little mini retreat days where we combine yoga, bit of meditation right. and whatever that particular team needs at any given time. Right. So it's a much more custom approach, I guess. Yeah. Um, how would you say that well-being and wellness play into the daily habits and behaviors of salon owners and their teams? Um, and I'm, I'm just going to define well-being and wellness because um, I feel like we, we often blend the two. But according to the Oxford Dictionary, wellness is the state of being healthy, especially when you actively try to achieve this. Well-being, on the other hand, is considered general health and happiness, a state of emotional, physical, psychological, well-being. I guess what I'm wondering is, you know, like when, when things are going well, you're on, you have like this momentum, right? And, and so that plays into a very positive experience and probably positive results for your salon or spa business. But when things aren't necessarily going as well as we want them to be, how does that play out on the day-to-day -day of the business, for instance? Mm, great question. Okay. So I guess well-being and wellness obviously have such a substantial influence on how we perform in any area of our lives, whether it's in our businesses or our relationships or whatever else we're doing in life. And so when we see the link that's there, and I'm sure lots of people that are listening to this can relate to what I'm saying, you know, when we're feeling good within ourselves and we're doing all of the things that support us, getting proper sleep, eating a good diet, connecting to like-minded people, maybe watching less of the news. There's so many tools that support us. And, you know, when you're feeling that you're in your, your prime higher self, I like to say, you know, when you're showing up as that better version of yourself, well, of course, it's going to impact your business and your leadership. So when you're in a, a place that you're leading other people, then your own personal physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being is absolutely going to dictate the quality of what that leadership is going to be. So mm. I do feel that taking space for yourself and really minding yourself in, in so many different ways, it's not just about the physical health. It's about obviously these days there's a lot of talk about mental health. And, you know, I do see within the salon industry and every industry, especially having come through what we've come through, you know, there are a, a lot of people struggling with maybe a little bit of anxiety and panic attacks. And, you know, it's a very busy environment. It's a very high energy business. Mm -hmm. And if you're not able to regulate yourself emotionally, energetically, and you don't have the tools, it can be a very challenging space to be in. So definitely minding your well-being is just so, so crucial, no matter what industry you're in, but certainly within the hair industry, and um, because it does impact, impacts the business, it impacts how you interact with your clients, with your team, everything. Mm -hmm. Well, you briefly talked about mental health just there. What would you consider being the most obvious signs of mental health challenges or issues? How can we all be a bit more aware of a, a friend, a colleague, team member or client who's struggling? Mm, yeah, I think first is really knowing that there's a shift in their energy. You know, they say energy doesn't mm -hmm. lie. We can feel energy 
And when you see changes in somebody, whether that's an energetic change, maybe they're a little bit more withdrawn, maybe they're expressive with how they're feeling and they're showing quite honestly and vulnerably how they're feeling. And, you know, listening, just holding space Mm -hmm. is such a simple but such an effective tool. Just being there and not trying to fix it, just being there and holding space for somebody um, but I do think it's great that these days it is definitely more spoken openly into. Yeah. And there's so much support out there. Like there really is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There is a lot of support. Mm. Um, I think what I what I find like maybe hard to conceptualize, I guess, is, you know, like if well-being is like subjective, how do you know whether... I don't know if if you've been struggling for the past like year or two, and that wouldn't be surprising because of what we've been through with the pandemic. Um, how do you know uh-huh. like that you're making progress um, with your well-being yeah. and not just like avoiding or like masking? You know. Mm, yeah, great question. Like it's hard to measure. Absolutely. So a big part of what I teach is using tools like reflection journaling, and when we're journaling not only journaling our goals and our, you know, dreams of what we're wanting to create in our lives, which obviously is very powerful. Anyone that's into manifestation will know that Mm -hmm. writing it down is proven to bring it to reality. There's definitely a, a higher chance of it coming to reality when we give it that attention. What you focus on expands. So when we're writing things down and revisiting it, and just like you know, if there's times when you're feeling you want to monitor, you know, your energy, Simple things like checking in, reflecting on how you're feeling, Mm -hmm. looking at what those tools. I like to say we all need to have a well-being toolbox. So obviously one size doesn't fit all. Whatever that toolbox looks like to you, maybe it's meditation, maybe it's podcasts, (laughs) maybe (laughs) it's, you know, getting out in nature, drinking more water. There's so many different support tools that we can pull out. And it's about being consistent with them and monitoring, okay, how am I feeling day to day? Checking in with yourself. A lot of my clients will actually use, you know, yoga breathing. We'll actually check in, take a couple of breaths and really go inwards. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. talk about minding yourself physically and you do a workout. Well, I like to refer to this as doing a work in. Check in with yourself. Go, yeah, go inwards. See how you're feeling. Asking yourself questions like, how am I feeling today? I'm being honest with yourself. What do I need today? What's going to support me today? You know, because mm-hmm. I do think, yeah. you know, as you say, it's a great question. Like, how do we how do we monitor that? But the more that you do that, the more aware you'll become of how your energy is day to day. And the key here is without judgment, so yes. not to judge. <laughs> Why am I feeling like this? Oh, I shouldn't be feeling like this. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. shooting on ourselves way too much. So let it be however that is, because it's a human yeah. experience to feel all of the feels. So if you are having a day where your energy isn't 10 out of 10, that's OK. This too shall pass because what we resist persists. So what I've seen with myself is, you know, I'm doing all of these things. And at the start of really getting immersed in the well-being side of things, I used to be saying, you know, if I was having a day where my energy was a little off, how, how could I be feeling like this? I've been eating well. I've been getting loads of sleep. I've been doing this. And now understanding, to actually, so <laughs> totally. I, I think everybody does. You know, we do this. Yeah. Should I should be feeling a certain way. 
But if you think of emotions, like it's energy in motion, we're meant to go through ebbs and flows. We're not mm-hmm. meant to be the same all of the time. So for me, I notice now if my energy is in that place where it's just not feeling great. And I can actually move through it a lot quicker now because I don't resist it or question it. I just let it be what it is. and know that tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's a new day. Right. You're not like hooked by your thoughts necessarily. You're just watching them be and allowing them to be. Um, I guess this is a perfect segue. There's a saying that goes, the four keys to good health, a working digestive system, an alkaline body, low stress and a joyful state of being. What would you identify as the four keys to wellness within the salon or spa? Mm, Great question as well. So I feel there's so many, actually. It's hard to round it down into four, but you know, four of my my top areas that I like to focus on when salons are really wanting to strip things back and enhance the well-being within the salon business. First and foremost, I touched on earlier leadership. So the, the quality mm-hmm. of the leadership, how the leader is within that dynamic, within the team dynamic, how is the leadership skills of that person? How is the well-being of that person, the mindset, everything from from the leadership point of view. Then we're looking at financial well-being because let's face it, we're in business because we love it. And because let's face it, look, the salon industry is super passionate. And I know lots of salon owners I work with. And for me, certainly going into my business, you are really following a passion. You know, it's so creative mm-hmm. and so exciting. And yes, if the business is run properly, of course, the financial gain is a great bonus. However, if you're yes. you're giving so much energy, you really want to ensure that there's a fair energy exchange there. So the well-being of the salon business for what you're putting into it, you need to know your figures. You need to know that what you're right. doing is actually worthy of all of the time you're giving it. Um, and I know I see this every day with people I'm working with, you know, Sometimes we count the time in the salon as being time given, physical in the salon. But actually, I think we all know it's that energy and the headspace and out of salon connection with the team and all of what goes on outside the salon. That all has to be taken into consideration. So you need to be covered financially for that. And company Mm -hmm. culture is a big, big one huge one at the moment. And I'm seeing so many salons I work with really zoning in on this one, which is brilliant because there's such a shortage at the moment across many industries, but certainly in the salon industry, recruitment and retention are hot topics at the moment. So creating that company culture and really getting clear on it and really supporting that and utilizing all of the amazing strengths that you have within your team, having everybody on the same page is a massive part of the the well-being within the business. And then environment would be my fourth one. So physically, your environment, how does it look? Is it aesthetically pleasing? Is it clean and organized? So I like to use the three S's. We've got the sights, which is what I just spoke about, your visual. And then we've got the scents. Mm -hmm. So nice smells. And I guess this is crossing over into kind of the yogi side of of my teachings is creating that environment that promotes well-being. So whatever that energy is that you want in the salon, you know, maybe it's nice candles, maybe it's incense, maybe it's diffusers, whatever it is to, to give that nice welcoming vibe in the salon. And then you've got sounds. So are you listening to the local news? 
at the clients coming in mm. and the staff all day long. You know, how many hours are you in there? What are you listening to in the background? So is there nice music? Yeah. Is it uplifting? Is it promoting feelings of well-being? Um, and of course, we do we do a lot of talking in salons. So how's the quality of the conversation that's going on around you? Having that awareness and that mindfulness within a salon team is so important so that every client that comes into that salon environment is experiencing something that's maybe uplifting and enhancing and leaving feeling good. As I said earlier, I work with a one-to-one clients quite a lot, but then it does go into the team because quite often I have salon owners who will want to do regular meetings and we all know mm-hmm. consistency is key when you're trying to implement anything. And that's not always easy when you're running a busy column, managing staff, running the business, home life on top of it. So the lists can be endless. So where I come in is I support the salon owner on creating a program that's tailored to their salon business and supports them in moving forward in whatever way that looks to them. So whether they want to create company culture, maybe they want to empower their team, maybe they want to bring more of the the well-being side of things into it. Maybe they have a team who are curious to know more about meditation or mindset coaching. There's Mm -hmm. so many different areas that, that I cover and we tailor it. And as we go, we reflect, we look at what's working, we look at what would support them to bring in again and yeah, just create something that's kind of holistic, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of the tools I teach are quite basic in the sense, you know, breath work, yoga, meditation, it's, it, there's nothing, there's no rocket science there. It's all the tools that we all know are going to support us. Um, but it's about getting that consistency right, because I know for me, yeah, delegation is a huge one and that's why I do find it works well to bring someone in from an external source because we can't do it all, you know. And I know for me, even calling monthly team meetings and one to ones, if you've got a big team, can be very difficult. So having someone to come in and sit down with you, look at the business with fresh perspective. Yes. Someone's coming in with a fresh set of eyes because, you know, we all know when you're in something and you're deeply immersed in it for a long, long time, it's very, very hard to see maybe possibilities, opportunities, new ways of doing things or... Yeah, we get we get very like tunnel visioned on what we're what we're doing. I actually had it's it's a very on a mild, mild expression of that. But yesterday I had been working on an article for I want to say a week and I sent it over to my colleague who um, who was going to read it one last time before we sent it off to, to the magazine. And the first thing she noticed was like. There's um there's a typo in your name in your author bio. And I was like, of course there would be a typo there instead of anywhere else, you know? Like it is yeah. true. Like once we're like so immersed into something for so long, we just like tend to miss the little things, you know, and and you're right. I think, you know, bringing in someone with a different perspective can can make a whole lot of a difference. Mm, Absolutely. And same as as it goes for our lives. You know, sometimes we're we're running on this hamster wheel. We're doing the same things, getting the same results, afraid of change, 
maybe limiting ourselves with the beliefs of what's possible and just having someone to come in and challenge that for me mm-hmm. was it was a game changer and I hired a coach and a mentor many years ago and I remember my mindset before that was quite fixed in how I thought things should be done and you know going through the motions of that and being challenged and questioned and it was so interesting to see those beliefs play out and how they showed up and um, so yeah I, I it fascinates me and and I love to see when I am working with someone how they think at the start that a vision they have is so far from what they can achieve and then as they put the steps in place and even changing the direction of that sale 1% every day can bring them in a completely different direction. You you mentioned just there, you know, the, the limiting beliefs. And I feel like this is something that you're probably going to touch upon in your upcoming webinar uh, with Forrest. Uh-huh. Well-being within the salon business, it starts with you. Um, so you promise registrants in this webinar that they'll gain greater awareness and build an action plan that reflects their priorities, needs and wants. If anyone listening to this right now is planning on attending or anyone who's already registered is listening also, Would you have any homework for these people to do before they join your session? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. So definitely gaining some awareness and taking some time out to actually sit down and maybe look back at those key areas, those four areas that I mentioned earlier on, and even rating on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the strongest. Okay, where is my business at the moment with this? How is the well-being, financial well-being within the business? How is the company culture looking? All of that and rate it. Be honest with yourself. And then from there, and this is how coaching works, we can step by step, slowly break it all down so that it's not so overwhelming. But awareness is key. Once you have the awareness of where you are now Mm -hmm. and even getting a little bit of feedback from the team, you know, we don't need to know it all. Like I like to say, feed forward, get get the feed forward from the team. What do they feel is working really well and what do they feel could be improved on? Um, and just starting with that awareness, then you can create an action plan. And there'll be a lot I'll be going into on the webinar that will help in being able to zone your focus in and take little baby steps to where you want to go. Amazing. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. That's happening on June 13th and it will be available to watch on demand if you can't make it on the day. Listen, Sonia, this has been fantastic. I hope this is like brought a bit of a, a bit of an insight into, you know, who who you are, what you um, are passionate about and how you can help. And I hope to see many, many people join your session on June 13th. Before I let you go, I'd love to know how can people reach out to you? Where can they find you online? Yeah. So Instagram, my page is quite active on Instagram. I have a lot of content that I share there with salon owners, connect with a lot of them on there. So it's actually soulfully underscore Sonia. And yeah, Instagram would be the best one. Amazing. I'll make sure to have that linked in today's show notes. Sonia, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining me on the show. Um, once again, we hadn't had a conversation about this in such a long time on the podcast, so I think it was needed. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story and insights. What's next? The Lyra Health Report includes a few suggestions. Establish workplace structures that support mental health. Listen to your people and put their mental health needs first. Make sure your employees can access quality mental health care and create an open conversation around mental health. 
In her webinar with Forrest, Sonia Manu will share simple tools to inspire clarity and focus in the areas of your life and business that might need some attention. You'll leave with greater awareness and an action plan that reflects your priorities, needs, and wants. Live streamed on June 13th at 10 a.m. GMT, it'll also be made available to watch on demand on forest.com. So you can save your spot today by accessing the link in the show notes, and it'll be the same sign-up link whether you tune in live or watch the on-demand version. Last but not least, if you've enjoyed this episode and are looking for more conversations around the same topic, you can listen to some of our previous interviews, including episode 231 with Dr. Jillian Mandich on the science of happiness, episode 200 with Rachel Page on self-discovery and finding rhythm after traumatic loss, episode 193 with Ashley Hodges on navigating wellness, career goals, and salon life, Episode 163 with Tom Chapman on his journey, mental fitness, and training the next generation of barbers. And finally, episode 85 with James Parnell on managing your energy and getting stuff done. Thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show, as well as check out the links and resources mentioned throughout this episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.